The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. It's been a minute since I have uh, did, li- did a live show. Uh, I was just talking to the producer, and I took three Wednesdays off which I don't think I've really ever done, or if I did it, it's been a while. But anyway, now we're back on, back ready to do what we got to do to handle this business. So today I'm starting a new series titled The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. And it is based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. It's a little book. It's not a lot of pages but it's packed with a lot of material. So this will be a short series because it's only four chapters in the book. But what I want to do is just focus on helping people get their goals, achieve their goals, rather achieve a certain level of prosperity, abundance, and peace of mind that goes along with financial independence. And also recognize that spiritual spirituality and prosperity go together. Again, it doesn't mean that Everything becomes just about the money, as people would say. But it's a recognition that being in the flow of God, being in alignment with the truth of your being will show up as many good attributes, including prosperity. So we're going to jump into it with a working definition. First of all, secret just means that it's not known by everybody. And So some of these principles that are taught in the New Thought Movement aren't necessarily as well known to everyone as you would think. Matter of fact, you know, 15 years ago or so now, a documentary came out called The Secret, about 13 years ago now. And The Secret blew up and it made billions of dollars because the principles of how consciousness becomes form, how to manifest, how to work with universal principles weren't, weren't really known by the mainstream. 
Therefore, the secret blew up and became a phenomenon. Yet, even with the success of the secret and the motivational world and the self-help movement, the teachings that you find on Unity Online Radio in the New Thought Movement at a place like Christ Universal Temple is not necessarily known to everyone. So what we're going to do is just work with the concept that these are things that we need to know to live a better life. Now, I, work, I also want to work with a working definition of prosperity. And a working definition of prosperity I want to use is from The Revealing Word by Charles Fillmore. He wrote, Prosperity, the consciousness of God as the abundant, everywhere present resource, unfailing, ready for all who open themselves to it through faith. We're going to read it again. The consciousness of God as the abundant, everywhere present resource, unfailing, ready for all who open themselves to it through faith. Now, why do I like this definition? I like this definition because, first of all, it starts off with the consciousness of God. What does that mean? The awareness of God, how we think and feel about God, what we believe about God. The consciousness of God is what? As the abundant, not a little bit, abundant, and not just abundant, everywhere present resource, abundant everywhere present resource. In other words, there is no spot where God is not. And then it says unfailing. Now that's key, unfailing. You know, as Johnny Coleman used to always say, it works if you work it. Unfailing, ready, ready. I like that, ready, meaning it's waiting on us. This, uh, this abundant, unfailing, ever-present resource is ready. Ready for what? Everyone. All who open themselves to it, all. So there's something we have to do. Ready for all who open themselves to it, how? Through faith. Through faith. So we have to have a paradigm shift and understand that through our own faith, we make ourselves available to the abundant everywhere present, unfailing, and ready supply of God, prosperity and abundance of God. I really want you to make sure you get this because what Charles Fillmore is saying in this definition is simply this. Prosperity is the state of mind. Prosperity is a state of mind that demonstrates as outer abundance. Prosperity is a state of mind that demonstrates as outer abundance. I want to make sure you get, get it because this is key. All right. Now that we have that working definition, let's look at the book. Now, for those who have the book, Secret of Unlimited Prosperity, I am going to 
go directly to page one. And she has a lot of stories in this book. It's not a large book, but she has a lot of stories. I don't know if I'm going to use these stories or teach some of my own. But the point that I'm making is we need to make sure that this is practical for all of us right here and right now. You know, so she starts off the book by talking about a housewife. She says a housewife was trying to demonstrate greater prosperity for her family. She said, I have it all figured out. We need additional money to meet unexpected expenses that have arisen. We are on a fixed income. Our only channel of supply is my husband's salary. I have been praying for and affirming increased prosperity. Why doesn't my husband's employer cooperate by giving him a raise? She had not yet learned the secret of unlimited prosperity. Now, that's key. So now, based upon that story, Catherine Ponder is going to break it down. She wrote, many people cut off the flow of substance because they think of substance as fixed in form. Never say that you are on a fixed income. Stop. Let's stop right there. This is really important. You are not on a fixed income. You're on a financial plan, but not a not fixed income. Now, what's the difference? A financial plan means, okay, you have planned for the resources that you are aware of. I want you to be open and receptive to the idea that there is a way through which you can receive more abundance, more prosperity, more money, more resources to take care of your desires and responsibilities. So be careful about how you use your words when it comes to money. Be very careful. Instead of saying, I can't afford this, ask yourself, how can I afford this? Instead of saying, I can't afford this, maybe you could say, this will come to me in divine order. That way, you're not telling your mind which is also telling universal law that you can't experience or achieve something. So this will come to me in divine order. Say for instance, okay, there's a situation where there's something you want to purchase and you don't necessarily have the physical finances. In other words, the money isn't in your account. You can shift from, I can't afford this to this will come to me in divine order. Or how can I afford this? And now your mind is working on different ways in which you can produce abundance. The moment you say, I can't afford this, the moment you say, I'm on a fixed income, you stop the possibility of greater opportunities. The moment you say, this will come to me in divine order, now you're saying that there is a right and divine opportunity and time to experience this situation and circumstance. Now you're opening yourself up. Now you're opening yourself up to creativity. When you ask yourself, how can I afford this? Now you're really opening your mind up. How can I afford this? 
How can I pay for this? And really start to drill down on it. Because part of achieving prosperity is being a good steward of the prosperity that you have. I believe it was Charles Fillmore who wrote, and this would have been a lot more money when he wrote it, that you don't give a child a $100 bill to go to the store to buy candy. Why? Because a child doesn't understand the value of a $100 bill. And many times people will get prosperity. In other words, they'll get money and not keep money because they have a consciousness that that doesn't allow them to accumulate money, invest money, save money, or do anything that allows the abundance to grow. So as soon as they get it, it's gone. Do you know anybody like that? Is that person you? Just messing with you. But just think about it. And I know it's easy to say, okay, well, I have these responsibilities. I have this, I have that. But there are times when you have to recognize that if you can't manage and put in divine order what you have, then you're saying to the universe, I can't manage more. You know, I often um, joke around with one of my buddies. You know, we used to work in the grocery field together. We started off as utility clerks at a grocery store uh, that's out of business now named Dominic's Finer Foods. We both push carts and bag groceries, et cetera. And, you know, joking about being out there in the, in the, in the teenagers out there in the cold winters of Chicago pushing carts. And I said to him one day, you know, with whatever opportunities and challenges we have now, we are absolutely the manifested dreams of the, of the, those guys making minimum wage, pushing carts when we were teenagers. We would have prayed to be able to make the money we make now. But you got to be able to have that perspective and, and manage what you have and know that there's more to manage. Be open to the and receptive to the understanding that divine order in your thinking and your actions matter concerning everything, including your money. All right, back to the book, page two talking about this fixed income thing. Catherine Ponder wrote, the very statement closes your mind and your pocketbook to new channels of supply that are constantly trying to open to you. So the moment you say, I'm on a fixed income, you're closing your mind. And when you close your mind, you close the channels of good that are possible for you. That are possible for you. Then she quotes Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity. We must not try to fix the avenues to which our good is to come. Trying to fix the channel through which his good must come to him is one of the ways in which the personal man shuts off his own supply. Hmm. 
So it's not for us to say, God, bring it this way, not that way. We have to be open and receptive to how it shows up because it might show up in a way that we didn't think of. I just want that to land. You know, um, I'll never forget listening to this preacher talk about how he had a member who was was uh, struggling with some money, and he told her, don't you have an oven in your house? And he, she said, yes. He said, didn't you make me those delicious cookies last year? As a, uh, You brought them to the church, and I told you how good they were. She was like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, whatever amount of money you have left, go get those, uh, make some cookies, because she had just got laid off from her job at a hotel, go back to the hotel and give cookies away to people and let them know that you're selling them. And what was funny about it, he also, and I'll talk about this later, he also said, and, and give a tithe out of what, out of what you have left, meaning before she even made the cookies. And of course she's like, wait a minute, you know, I, this is all I have, but she did what he requested. She made a tie. She went and made the cookies. She went to the hotel, including the manager who let her go. And they started to make cookie orders. And she was able to turn around her financial situation with the skill set that she already had and created her own highly successful cookie business. And it all started because she had to get out of, this is all I have left. I've lost my job. This is all I have left. She had to shift. So she didn't think that the skill set she had to be able to make delicious cookies could end up being the re- way she achieved financial independence. What do you already do that's easy for you and hard for others? That could be an avenue for prosperity right now. It's your, it's your, I don't want to say unfair, but it's almost like it's an unfair advantage. What do you do that's easy for you and hard for others? Everybody has that thing that's really easy for them to do. As I often joke with people, I can read large amounts of information, process them, and explain it or teach it to other people. That's a skill set. I didn't realize that's not something everybody does well. That's a competitive advantage for me. That's an avenue through which prosperity can show up for me, and it has, and it does. What about you? Back to the book. So Catherine Ponder wrote, the basic secret of unlimited prosperity is this. God is the source of man's supply. And he has provided, and she uses patriarchal old language like he, so I I don't want to just keep saying that over and over again while I'm teaching this. I'm just reading what she wrote. The basic secret of unlimited prosperity is this. God is the source of man's supply, and he has provided many channels through which the riches of the universe can flow to him. 
Moses reminded the Hebrews of this secret when he said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for he, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, which is Deuteronomy 8.18. So that's the basic secret. God is the source of your supply. And God has provided many channels through which the riches of the universe can flow to you. That's the basic secret. God is the source of my supply. That could be an affirmation that you just take a, and say it like a mantra. God is the source of my supply. 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 Just drilling it in your head. Everything else is a channel. Everything else is an avenue. Everything else is a conduit for God. But God is the source of, us, of your supply, not the job, not the spouse, not the government, not the buildings, real estate, businesses, whatever, the investments. God is the source of your supply. Everything else is a channel for God's abundance. Can you accept the possibility that God is the source of your supply and God has infinite avenues through which you can be blessed? So she went on to write, begin now to open your mind to the unlimited supply of the universe that is yours by divine right, by affirming often. So she's telling us that one of the ways in which you shift your mind is through the use of affirmation. Now notice this because she doesn't say it directly, but it is implied. So she says, begin now. Begin to do what? Open your mind to unlimited, to what? To unlimited supply, the unlimited supply of the universe. How do I do that? She says, first of all, excuse me, that is yours by divine right. Now she's saying, open your mind to what? To the unlimited supply of the universe that is yours by divine right. But how do I get it? How do I begin? By affirming often. She gave an affirmation. I do not depend on persons or conditions for my supply. God is the source of my supply. And he is constantly opening new channels of prosperity to me. I am open and receptive to my highest good now. Now, I'm going to ask everybody to buy this book, Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. And you, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon.com. But I know that it's published by Devoris and Company, D-E-V-O-R-S-S -S and Company. So I'm sure you can get it directly from the publisher. The key that I'm trying to get across to you is this. She's telling you, this is how you start to shift. She didn't say it was the totality. She said, begin now to open your mind. So you open, she's, you open your mind by using a tool. An affirmation is a tool to help you open your mind. The affirmation isn't the thing. The affirmation is the tool that you use to open your mind, your mind to the awareness that God is the source of your supply. So she goes on and quotes, I mean, states, then watch the ideas, opportunities, and events that come. So as you start to shift your mind and open your mind up to prosperity, you need to be on the lookout for ideas, opportunities, and events. Don't miss it. Ideas, opportunities, and events. 
And that it, sometimes it's not even just your idea. Somebody else might have the idea. Opportunities, doors will open. Situations and circumstances will show up. There will be problems that need to be solved and you might have answers. And if you have answers to problems, you can get paid. And events, circumstances and situations will present themselves to you, again, as opportunities for you to prosper. So in other words, after you start praying and affirming for prosperity, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and start paying attention to what's happening around you so you can express and experience the abundance of God because the ideas, opportunities, and events will start to happen. And then you got to remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. Am I going to follow through on what's being presented to me? Just something to think about. Can't believe we're going 30 minutes. I've only covered, I haven't even finished page three yet. Uh, let me give this quick commercial. Um, and then when we, because the break is almost here. Uh, just remember that Christ Universal Temple uh, has many ways through which you can join us. Uh, we're going to be back live in the building on August 1st. So if you're in the Chicagoland area or if you're visiting Chicagoland area, we'd love to have you in service, 10.30 a.m. Central Time. We obviously live stream our services every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So we'd love to have you with join us, worship with us online. We're having an outdoor service this Sunday. So if you want to have the opportunity on July 25th, 2021. Let me just say that because I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast. We're having an outdoor service in the parking lot. We're building a stage. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. We're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to do it big. Also be reminded that the, that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you like the page and give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. And if you listen to this show on uh, a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, give it a five-star rating, write a positive review. Again, it helps with the algorithms. Remember that we also have a face. We teach on Facebook Monday through Friday at noon Central Time live, but you can watch the lessons later. I teach along with uh, uh, our COO, Gavin Jackson, and our JCI teacher, Blanche Wilson. We're teaching uh, lessons from the Daily Inspiration for Better Living periodical. So if you go to the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page, you'll see all of those things. So make sure you find ways to make sure you stay plugged in with us. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're available. Also, Reverend Wells' Temple Talks on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook. Just type in Rev. Derek Wells to find it. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're teaching the book, The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. I'm on page three now where she quotes Amelda Shanklin, who wrote, There is no numbering of the avenues through which supply can come to you. Your resource is as far reaching as the universe. You are to expect your supply through all avenues of contact with life, not from one specified point, not from two or more specified points, but from all points of the universe, your good is crowding toward you. Now, again, this is a shift in mentality. And I just want to reemphasize that this is a shift in mentality where you recognize that God is the source of your supply and God is providing many channels through which the riches of the universe can flow to you. I recognize that we've been trained to think that the money comes from the job or the business or the investments or the uh, government. I get all of that. But if you can look at those channels as that just the avenues to which God brings abundance, but God is the source. It will shift your mentality completely. All right. So, he, so bringing back the housewife. So he said the affirmation housewife talked with a friend about her financial plight. The friend suggested she begin opening her mind to the possibility of unlimited supply by affirming again. This is a tool that you can use to start to shift your mentality. There's no numbering of the avenues to which supply can come to us. Our resource is as far reaching as the universe. We expect our supply through all avenues of life. From all points of the universe, unlimited supply is crowding upon us now. All right. And then they give an example of, of how that blessed them and how money ended up showing up for them just as they needed it. So to go on, page five. Do not cut off the flow of substance in your life by thinking it has to come in a certain way through certain stipulated channels. Now, who does the stipulation? We do. We do. Now, I just want you just to be present to something, how prosperity can show up. If you go back 15 years or so, when you needed a cab, you called a cab. The people either owned the cab or they rented the cabs, the cab drivers. And I know this, my maternal grandfather was a cab driver. And that was his own business. And then Uber and Lyft showed up. And now the cab is somebody's car. And you go on the app on your phone and a person selects you and they drive and pick you up and take you where you want to go without having to buy a cab or rent a cab, meaning the cab driver. When you wanted to go stay out of town somewhere, you had to go to a hotel or a motel. But now there's a thing called Airbnb. So people who have homes or not necessarily in them full-time or they own homes, 
instead of just renting them to a tenant, they can use them as Airbnbs. And they make a ton of money doing it. So now we have cabs that are not cabs and hotels and motels that are not hotels and motels. And people get paid doing it. How? Because they changed the game. It shifted. It shifted. Always recognize that the new shift can create abundance. The new shift. New ways of looking at even old things can create money. Just think about that. New ways to look at old things can create money. It doesn't have to come the way you think. There, you know, if you want groceries now, you can DoorDash or use some of the other ways in which you can go on a go on a app or website, have your money on it. Somebody drives to the grocery store, does your grocery shopping, and literally leaves it at your doorstep. And somebody gets paid to do it. A lot of busy people. Or you could just, you know, uh, you know, beforehand, there were malls everywhere. Now you can go on your phone, order anything you want, and it can be at your doorstep the next day. The next day. This wants you just to be present to how the game has changed. The game of how people make money, how abundance is made. It's, it's, it's different now. And we have to be smarter and faster when it comes to using our skill set to produce the abundance of God. Smarter and faster. Smarter and faster. All right. Back to the book. Page five. Now, this book was written years ago, so these financial numbers don't match up to where we are now. She wrote, a West Coast stockbroker was trying to support his family on an annual income of $7,200. I'm sure that would be some level of minimum wage now. It was a struggle. Then he purchased a copy of Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity. From this book, he learned the secret of unlimited prosperity. God was the source of his supply. Substance is the body of God and has been given man for his given should say to man, but anyway, uh, given to man, I'm going to add the word to, for his unlimited good. Thought is the master of substance, and by deliberately directing his thoughts toward prosperity, his thoughts will move on the rich substance of the universe and produce prosperous, prosperous results for him. So he learned a few things from reading that book. And by the way, the book Prosperity was taught by me on this very podcast many years ago. So if you want to go back and study that book chapter by chapter, I would highly recommend you do it. All right. So he learned that God was the source of his supply, that humanity was given the potential of unlimited good, that thought is the master of substance. In other words, you move this abundance, this substance, this body of God, as she calls it, through the way you think and feel. And 
you can deliberately direct your thoughts toward prosperity, which will then move the substance of God. Johnny Coleman used to say, the substance of God is like a great big piece of cookie dough, and your mind is like a cookie cutter, and you cut out of the unlimited substance through the imagery what it is you desire. Just like you can put in a dough, a Christmas tree, or a house, you image into your mind, into the infinite possibility and potentiality of God, the substance of God, what it is that you desire. This is why it's necessary to be definite with the infinite. All right. So he started to affirm again, Father, I thank thee for unlimited increase in mind, money, and affairs. That was his affirmation. She wrote within one year, his income zoomed from 7,200 to 40,000. And again, she uses a lot of references from the 50s and 60s. So again, you got to use this, this, um, um, these amounts and then state, okay, if I went from 7,200 to 40,000 in 1960, what would, the, what would be the equivalent in 2021? And unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the United States of America, at least, and around the world that right now don't make $40,000 a year. And that's, in my opinion, re really sad. All right. As Amilda Shanklin has written, substance is your resource, your support, your resource. Now, let's get to how your substance can come to you in many ways. She wrote on page seven, and she tells a story about a preacher that, I'm, that went from a $6,000 income to a $30,000 income in one year. But I'm not going to read it for time's sake. You will begin to understand the secret of unlimited prosperity when you realize that supply is not fixed in form. Your supply can come to you through expected channels and expected ways, and it should. But your supply can also come to you through unexpected channels and unexpected ways. From all points of the universe, your good is constantly crowding upon you. Now, expected and unexpected. Now, if you go back into the archives of this podcast, I taught a series called How to Have Unexpected Income. So if you want to work with that concept go back and listen to that series. And at the end of that series, I actually interviewed the author of the book, How to Have Unexpected Income, which is uh, John Adams. All right. She wrote, when you dare to realize this and accept this idea, unlimited supply will find its way to you, to you. A statement that I have used for years is, this is her writing, I Give thanks that the universal spirit of prosperity is providing richly for me now. This always seems to open channels of supply from near and far. In other words, you got to open yourself up to expected and unexpected ways through which you can produce prosperity. All right. So now let's talk about how we work with planting the seed for prosperity. Share your supply. All right. Page eight, you must share your supply if you would ensure continuation of your supply. In practical ways, you will find that sharing and expectancy are the beginning of financial increase. Sharing and expectancy. Notice it. Sharing and expectancy. So just so you know, we're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about tithing. We're going to talk about all that stuff right now. All right. So let me just start off by saying this. You should give to where you receive your spiritual support. You should give. 
If you tithe, if you give, if you give donations, you should give where you're fed. It makes no sense that people will spend money on, you know, all type of things, but don't want to support that which feeds their souls, that gives them the ability to function in peace and health and harmony and in abundance. If you want to create lasting prosperity, then you have to plant seeds for your future harvest. And one of the ways you do that is by breaking the thought of lack by making sure that you are giving to where you receive your spiritual support. I often tell people that I, I, I'm a big believer in it. Give where you receive your spiritual support. All right. Whether that's a CUT, whether that's an individual teacher, whether that's a uh, Unity Online Radio, I don't know. You know. Pray and search your own soul, but you should give what you're fed. All right, back to the book. Most people think, uh, wait a minute, yeah, most people think that they are on a limited income, who think that they are on a limited income feel they cannot afford to share or give. By not giving, they stop their own receiving of the greater supply because they are violating the universal law of prosperity. They have not learned yet the secret of unlimited prosperity pointing out by Solomon. And she's quoting Proverbs 11, chapter 24, verse, verses 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. One man gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. A liberal man will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. All right, so... Now we're going to talk about systematic giving because the the law is giving and receiving, not receiving and giving. It's giving and receiving. And a systematic method through which you practice the law of giving and receiving is through tithing or some type of systematic giving. One of the most she wrote, one of the most scientific, business-like, and spiritual ways of sharing is through the act of tithing one-tenth of one's gross income of God's work to God's work. Systematic giving opens the way to systematic receiving. Again, systematic giving opens the way to systematic receiving. Systematic giving. All right? You have to remember, if you plant one seed, you don't get a crop of one thing. You plant the seed to have a harvest. You can't have a harvest with no seed. You want to have a harvest, you have to learn how to plant the seed. All right? So tithing or other methods of systematic giving help you practice the law of giving and receiving. Sometimes people call it seed time and harvest. The scripture uses sowing and reaping a lot because the Bible was written in the agricultural time. But the moment you start to think, I don't have anything to give, is the moment that lack has fully grasped you and gotten a hold of you. The belief that I don't have anything to give, that I can only take, will not 
help you develop a prosperity consciousness to get out of the hole. There's no other way for me to say it. There's no, I, I remember a story years ago when um, Reverend Boyd was teaching a lesson on the law of giving and receiving. And she said that it was the lady that was um, putting an offering in an envelope and she was having, I guess, some internal dialogue that was resisting it. And she just blurted out, shut up or I'm going to put all of it in the envelope. Because it was something in it that says, okay, if I have $10 and I'm putting a dollar in here, oh my God, what am I going to do? If I have $100 and I'm putting $10 in here, oh my God, what am I going to do? But here's the thing. You know, people talk about abundance and if I have more, I'll give more. But if you have a hard time putting $1 in um, out of 10 in, you're going to have a hard time putting 10 in out of 100 or 100 out of 1,000 or 1,000 out of 10,000, so on and so on. So what I would suggest is develop a way to work yourself up to it. Okay, say, okay, this is a percentage of what I'm going to give to where I'm spiritually fed. Because I'm going to break the bond of lack through giving. It could be 3%, 5%, whatever it is that you decide. You can decide you, you're going to be a tie of the plus. That's your choice. But make a decision. I'm going to give this every month or every pay period, whatever it is that you decide. And systematically give to the place where you're spiritually fed. That way, you have the opportunity to break the thought that you don't have anything to give. Reverend Ike used to often say that one of the things that people got mad at him the most was because he asked, quote unquote, poor people to give. But he said they had to learn that, first of all, the self-definition of poor is something that nobody should put on themselves, that by itself. But the fact that you're accepting the concept of, of being poor is uh, meaning that you have to break that bond of thinking that you're here only to take and not give. That's just backwards. Who likes to be around people who only take and, 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 and never give? Just think about it. People who have jobs or businesses are based upon give and take. You give service, I pay you for it. You work, I pay you for it. You have a product, I pay you for it. That means the work has already been done. That's the ebb and flow of life. Reaping and sowing, or so, rather sowing and reaping. All right. So he, she went on to write. You are the rich child of a loving father. By putting God first financially, you make contact with his wisdom, wisdom and his unlimited bounty, which has been provided for you. Matter of fact, it says, um, she was on the right. It is true you must share your substance to ensure continuation of your substance. Sharing and expectancy are the beginning of financial increase. Now, I don't want you to miss this. What she's saying is, when you give, you should expect to be blessed. Now, I know a lot of spiritual teachers say, well, give with no thought of return. 
She's saying, no, what farmer would, would, would plant seeds and not expect crop? Well, your mind is your field. If you plant ideas of plenty and you are practicing systematic giving, you should expect to receive a harvest. I expect to be blessed because I'm working universal law, universal law. I expect to be blessed. I expect to be blessed. I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. I expect to be blessed. Now, you can feel any kind of way if that bothers your soul at some level. I get it. And I'm sure you can find some scripture to twist around and try to fight against it if you want. But I'm saying to you very directly, sharing and expectancy work. Expectation is a form of prayer. So if I give, I expect to be blessed, not from the same person that I gave it to. So if I donate to Christ Universal Temple, that does not necessarily mean Christ Universal Temple will be the avenue through which I'm blessed. Uh, that's what I want you to get, because I remember having conversations with family members who would say, I helped all these people, and now uh, they turned their back on me, and I would have to remind them. But you've been blessed by so many people through so many avenues that it doesn't make a difference what they do or don't do, because you're already walking in your blessing. You did what you were supposed to do. You did the right thing when you were supposed to do it. Back to the book. One of the things that they wrote, she talked about a, um, a couple, and she wrote, as they began to tie the tenth of their income to God's work, they began to feel peace and peaceful and secure rather than tense about their financial affairs. Why? Because they felt as though they were doing some different things. They were in alignment with their own God consciousness, their own, the truth of their own being. She wrote on page 12, sharing and expectancy proved to be the beginning of their financial increase. And she went on to write, tithing establishes order in mind, body, and affairs. When order exists, one cannot remain in debt. Order. Order. All right? All right. Page 13. She quotes Charles Fillmore. When a person ties, he is giving continuously so that no spirit of grasping, no fear, and no thought of limitation gets a hold upon him. There is nothing that keeps a person's mind so fearless and free to receive the good constantly coming to him as the practice of tithing. Tithing is based upon a law that cannot fail, and it is the surest way ever found to demonstrate plenty, for it is God's own law and way of giving. Now, we covered a lot of stuff today. A lot of stuff. And we started with this concept that God is the source of your supply. And God has many avenues through which you can be blessed. We have to start there. And then we shifted to sharing an expectancy. That yes, you're giving to where you're financially fed. And you should have an expectancy to be blessed. You should have an expectancy to be healed, to be prospered, to have joy. Because the law of giving and receiving is, is seed time and harvest. 
So allow that process to be what it needs to be. Next week, we're going to cover the prosperity law of receiving. So if you have a challenge in receiving, because we've talked about giving, if you have a, a challenge in receiving, we're going to talk about how can you become a better receiver of prosperity. Now, I want to remind you, because I mentioned a few things about prosperity during this episode. If you get the, if you want to go back, I've taught several series on different lessons of prosperity through the years. Prosperity by Charles Fillmore is in the archives. How to Have Unexpected Income, um, that book by John Adams. I've taught it. The uh, I've taught the, the Abundance book, Lisa Nichols. Uh, Open Your Mind to Prosperity by by Catherine Ponder. The Prospering Power of Prayer by Catherine Ponder. Why am I focusing so much on prosperity? Because I'm a big believer that when you have financial relief, it allows the creativity of God to show up as other ways in your life because you're not stressed about money. When you don't have enough money to take care of your responsibilities, it can occupy your mind. It can become overwhelming. So let's free ourselves so the other aspects of our souls can be fed and be expressed. Just think about it. So <clears throat> if you want to go back, go back and listen to those old lessons, Secret of the Millionaire Mind, other things that I've taught on prosperity. Get the material, listen to the podcast, listen to them as you work out. <clears throat> listen to them as you do other things. Remember, it works if you work it. And I'll be with you next week with True Transforms. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.